0: And welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie out of the greater Cincinnati area. And again, it's First Inspection Services. And today we're going to be talking about commercial property inspections. And for the example that I'm going to be going through, this is a free standing, approximately 6,000 square feet built. 1978 and it has been added on to and it is a freestanding building with a parking lot and could be used for a a restaurant It also in this particular case was used as a senior center and I want to talk about it and give you some tips and observations when you are doing a commercial property investment or or buying it for a particular usage not necessarily an investment what things to look out for what things to consider and some of those are going to be ones that you don't normally think about and could affect your usage of that property could affect your purchase price etc so let's get into this and uh we, When we do inspect a commercial property, much like a residential property, we do like to do a quick tour. I will also say that when we are pricing it out and when we're talking to the potential buyer before we're scheduling it, we do like to take a, a look on sometimes uh, Google Earth uh, to see the roof, what's on the roof, um, the surroundings and so forth. So we can give a good estimation as to a a fair price, but also uh, what we're getting into. What type of property is this? And there are all types of commercial properties. We have inspected churches, and churches come in all shapes and sizes as well. You have modern, newer churches, and you have older churches of the more traditional style that have lots of different roof pitches and hidden rooms and all kinds of uh, neat stuff we have strip malls we have professional buildings that could be like doctor's offices dentist offices veterinary offices strip malls strip malls that have five bays or five different uh, suites ones that have uh, 20 suites we have hotels motels Uh, we have mixed-use warehouse with some office we're doing one of those this coming week And uh, I might do a podcast on that as well. We shall see. So uh, what are the things that you consider when you are purchasing a property? Age, of course. You are considering um, some things that might be functionally obsolete for your usage of that property. You certainly wouldn't buy a warehouse property that has no plumbing taps, and you all of a sudden want to turn that into a restaurant. Well, you'd be jackhammering the ground, the uh, concrete inside, digging up, putting in plumbing. You certainly wouldn't want to do that after the fact. It would be extraordinarily expensive and difficult. (laughs) So, um, some of the things to consider when you are doing a, a searching for a property, what do your municipal uh, city or county requirements for that property along the lines of smoke detectors carbon monoxide detectors fire extinguishers what about fire suppression systems Uh, those are things that you really have to consider because they could be extremely expensive if you have to put in a fire suppression system after the fact uh, and you didn't know about that and you purchase it Wow, you could be in for a big surprise. Some properties may have hidden tanks underground, oil tanks, fuel tanks, maybe you have a, I remember my wife and I had our first uh, date at a um, Indian restaurant, uh, probably 28 years ago now. And that restaurant used to be a uh, gas station. And looking back I never really thought about it but I'm sure that the empty um, gas tanks are probably still underneath the parking lot and I remember a friend of ours <laughs> this is pretty funny um, she says um, well do they still serve gas there I mean did they still pump gas there I was like <laughs> like seriously <laughs> no uh, uh, at any rate um, so back to, uh, back to the inspection. Um, so very typical, like we do with a residential property, we like to look at the outside first and uh, I like to assess what's going on with the roof. So in this particular property, we look for a nice place uh, that, that may be grass oriented and has a good place that's not going to be near a power line, um, isn't obstructed by bushes or trees. To access the roof and to get on the roof has to be done safely and um, you need to uh, make sure your ladder doesn't move and so forth. So we got on the roof and with this particular property, it's important to note that the original main building has been added on in the back. And you can tell because the architecture is different from the building of the addition and the addition had its own uh, five ton mixed air conditioner uh, furnace all in one unit on the roof and there were three total furnaces and three total air conditioners two of those air conditioner central units were on the ground and one of them was on the roof as i mentioned which was also the furnace and then two other furnaces were inside where those two buildings meet always creates interesting scenarios because uh, flashing is always important between the two different roofs who are, which, which in this case were about one foot apart as, as far as height. So there's flashing of the new roof, which is rubber membrane roof, from the old parapet wall of the backside of that building. And then that flashing is installed But over the years, the flashing, if it's not kept up with, not inspected every year, always tends to form a leak, and this one was no different. There was indeed a leak or two, so those need to be addressed where that parapet wall is, and the flashing for the where the new building, excuse me, the uh, new roof drops down from the old, from the original building, onto that roof. So you might be thinking, well, what types of roofs are there? Well, both of them are flat, and the original building roof was a modified, built-up roof, which was a rubber membrane roof, EPDM, which had been sealed with other material on it also, with fiberglass-type material, and then uh, very small gravel put on it as well. And it was not leaking at all, and there were uh, we pushed up several suspended ceiling tiles to verify that, and I'll go in that um, as we go further in the podcast. But the roof was in, I, I would say, very very good shape, um, reasonable. Um, the gravel was well dis- well, well um, distributed. There were a couple of places that we put in the report where more gravel could be added because it had moved been moved around. And then there was one or two places where some flashing on the back of the parapet walls could be reworked a little bit but none of the none of the flashing or EPDM roof was coming apart from the seams the flashing on the on the walls gutters looked fine and uh, I talked about the leak between the two roof pitches and a strange finding you don't think about the two furnaces inside for the main building had uh, cold air returns outside, and the ductwork from them was from 1978 and was very heavily rusted. So we did put in the report that we suggested that return air <clears throat> ductwork be replaced and uh, by a qualified HVAC contractor. We got the year uh, and the uh, tonnage off of the, off of the mixed use excuse me, combo, I'll, I'll call it a combo unit, roof combo unit. And uh, other than that, um, the the roofs, I believe, were in good shape, or normal shape, I should say. The, the uh, lower edition, um, which probably was about a 1,500-foot addition, square-foot addition, that was in normal shape, and it was about a 10-year-old EPDM roof, and typical life of those is about 20. So... Um, we really always recommend when you have a commercial property to have the roof, uh, any any numbers of roofs that are put together to form this commercial property, all of them inspected once a year by a qualified roofing contractor. And you may even want to set up some sort of a uh, maintenance plan. And, uh, and you can do that with the air conditioners and furnaces as well. Uh, that, that way you can predict your cash flow. You know what's going out each year For the expense of your furnace um, and air conditioner systems and roof. That's probably a good planning for your cash flow, I would say. So outside windows were in normal shape. There were some a couple of trees in the back, which they're they're like in between a tree and a bush. It's a bush that got overgrown and now it's a tree, if if you know what I mean. Um, That was touching the house or the building, that needs to be removed. And then There's a couple places where we recommended that they maybe put in some motion detector sensor lights on each corner of the property so that people can't cut through the property on the backside and hide and do all kinds of nasty stuff, you know, drug deals or whatever in the back. You don't want that going on. And it was clear that there was a well-worn path that people do cut between the uh, fence that was behind the property and the building itself. So you want that opened up. You don't want people to be able to hide and so forth. So all that went in the report. Gutter downspots were draining well, draining away from the building. Uh, no real foundation issues. Um, it was a concrete slab, as you would probably expect for this type of property, sitting like in, a, in the middle of a parking lot. Had grass in the back, parking lot on all three sides, other than that. Um, now a couple things that we we noted um there were some vines growing on the building those need to be removed and then i mentioned that there were uh, two other air conditioners central units one of them was uh 13 years old and the other 16. so typical lifespan of commercial whether they're commercial grade or residential and these were really five-ton units, um, both of them Goodman brand, typical lifespan of about 15 to 20 years. And the 16-year-old unit really, and it was too cold that day to, to run the air conditioner, so really all we could do is get the uh, model, the year, the tonnage, <clears throat> give them some, some suggestions about that. And really, if you're going to invest in this type of a property, you want to know about your mechanicals, um, those are some of your most expensive partial portions of your that you may end up with capital outlays if you um, if, if if you have to replace one of those. A five-ton unit is something you definitely want to shop around for, and know exactly how much life is left in that unit. At 16 years, you're in that in-between year. It's certainly not a newer unit, and it's uh, borderline, you know, needs replaced at that point. So. Um, we noted the year, the 16 years, and again, 15 to 20 is the typical lifespan. So if the uh, all the siding was fine, which was a, a, a block with, with basically some stamped concrete on it to make it look like it's more of a brick type look, it also had vinyl, corrugated front to give it that awning over the over the front door um, where your sidewalk basically is like a little front sidewalk patio kind of thing and it could easily be used for a restaurant versus um, the senior center that it was all the windows were fixed pane glass there were no openable operable windows pretty typical pretty normal for a property of this size of this type and so then we started on the inside. And, and by the way, we did give some advice again about sensor lights and so forth. And you may end up with a, a light on a pole in a couple of places that have the old school uh, sodium bulbs. Maybe those can be adapted by a licensed electrician to upgrade those to LED lights, which last a whole lot longer, are brighter and so forth, and aren't, aren't as expensive in the long run. Those sodium bulbs are very expensive and granted the LED lights are also very expensive, it's just that the LED lights are going to last a whole lot longer. Parking. What is your material for your parking lot? Is it a parking lot? Do you have a, a mean, <clears throat> means of egress, <clears throat> ingress and egress and is it shared? Is it, is it something that your property owns? How many parking places do you have? How many does the municipal um, governing bodies there say that you need to have for, for handicap? This particular uh, place had three handicap spots, which I thought was a little bit low since it is indeed a senior center. Also, the uh, ramp going from the handicap parking area to the front walk or, or patio little sidewalk area I thought was not wide enough and I suggested that they maybe consider um, tripling the width of it and that can be done by asphalt right on top of the concrete so that you have a large ramp and you don't have to work so hard once somebody has is, is gotten out of their car maybe with a wheelchair or assisted access um, and to be able to get up that ramp so I thought that was pretty important to, to point that out um, there's a, there could be trip hazards uh, in the parking lot. There could be large cracks that need repair or replacement. What about the, the parking places and, and are there painted lines or are they all worn out and, and, and old? These are things you want to think about and point them out during the inspection. Things you want to think about too um, with the asphalt, it, it's something that people take for granted with commercial properties, but asphalt, maintenance can be pretty expensive and it can be a large capital outlay so you want to think about that in your property and most people think for commercial properties in terms of immediate repairs or replacements short-term and then long-term and 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 this was no different We, we wanted to make sure we go over those things with the client so they understand what they're getting into inside the property um, you think in terms of okay, what do you see for the attic? The attic space is it, uh, is, it is it steel um, steel ceiling joists like this on a flat roof? Yes. Is there insulation in between the suspended ceiling tiles and the and those joists? Yes. How much? Well, in this particular case, it was definitely R19, six and a half inches. Not the most insulation you could put up there, but, but it definitely was well installed, and everywhere was pretty consistent. We pushed up the ceiling tiles in about seven places, and uh, six, seven places, and got consistent results each time. Very well installed insulation, nothing weird going on in the roof, and again, we checked for leaks. Uh, making sure ductwork is installed correctly. wiring is not weird and crazy. Um, no open junction boxes or open connections up there, those sorts of things. Um, we're also looking for pests, you know, we don't we're not rodent inspectors. We're certainly not not that. But when we see abnormal droppings, we see various things here and there. <clears throat> properties with lots of mouse mouse traps and so forth. Then, then that gets her. We keep an eye on those things. We didn't really see any at this place. Okay. Um, what about outlets? What about the electric? In, in, in commercial properties, you're going to see a mix of things. You're going to see three-phase power, um, which is a four-pole system. You're also going to see, um, or excuse me, three-pole system versus uh, the uh, uh, normal residential um, two pole type power. Um, In this particular case, we did have two 150 amp panels. Um, Sometimes we get to places and they've got like 1200 amps or 800 or 600. And they have several 225 amp boxes that are three phase power. And there might be a few 125 or 200 amp subpanels here and there. Um, So we, again, have all types. I expect the property we're inspecting next week that's a mixed-use warehouse and office is probably going to have some three-phase power. uh, More than likely, we'll see how much they have. and uh, if you're going to take a property that was used for one use and convert it to another, you absolutely want to hire a commercial licensed electrician to help you estimate what you need to do. You may need to scale down. You may not need everything that is there. If you're, for example, taking a warehouse that was used for some a welding shop with, for cars and other things, and you're just going to store your landscaping equipment in it. Well what the heck would you need a whole bunch of power for in that case? Maybe you want to keep it in case you resell the building and it's not worth downscaling or downsizing and you just shut a whole bunch of stuff off and maybe you just use one 200 amp panel. So these are things you want to think about. All right, back to the senior center that we inspected and so all the outlets were working fine. Electric was not an issue. Um, Overhead lights were not an issue. Foundation inside was not an issue. Uh, Both electrical panels were installed correctly. There Really, I don't remember any electrical issues other than the bathrooms and the food service area needed GFCI receptacles because they just were not present near any of the water supplies. Um, The kitchen area, there were several large... Um, refrigerator freezer units for storing food when you have people in large groups where you're going to have maybe some, some food refrigerated and then reheated with ovens and, and stoves and an exhaust fan, uh, a restaurant style exhaust fan was present here, a triple sink. Triple sinks need a grease trap. It's a requirement in most if not all municipalities. If you have a double sink, nope, don't need it. But if you have a triple sink, yes you do. You want to think about the cost and plan the cost of how often you're going to have that grease trap emptied. That's something you want to do some due diligence on. Find out what the requirements are, the last time the grease trap was emptied. If you're buying a a freestanding Previous building and converting it, let's say to a Chinese restaurant That's going to need more exhaust fans a lot of exhaust fans with a lot of power um, And a grease trap and at least one triple sink maybe two even um, These are things you want to investigate. You're going to want to hire a commercial uh, plumber you're going to want to hire a commercial electrician and probably a commercial HVAC um, restaurant equipment installer for those exhaust fans the exhaust fans are very very important to be installed correctly and the um, gas stoves uh, that you're going to be cooking on like if you're using walks and so forth those are very important to be installed correctly uh, from the get-go and your roofer is going to need to make sure that those are installed correctly through the roof and that you don't end up with some leaks. So these are things to plan for and to think about when you're doing that. Um, All right, Uh, I digress. Back to the uh, senior center that we inspected. So we've covered the electric. There were two furnaces inside, as I mentioned. Um, One was 16 years old, one was 13 years old. Um, The 16 year old one did have some rust issues inside. Both of them were 140,000 BTUs each. The rust issue looked like it was, I I concluded that there was a flashing issue on the um, shared flue pipe for the furnaces coming through the roof, and that did need some adjustment slash repair. Um, I think that was a condensation issue uh, possibly also. So we did conclude that an HVAC contractor needed to work with that. And remember I had mentioned that the return air uh, ductwork that was outside on the roof needed replacement. Both filters on the furnaces were not installed correctly were both lying on the floor inside the furnaces which tells me that i think that the furnace contractor who installed the bays for those furnaces did not do a good job they should not have any opportunity to fall and maybe that the um, air velocity that that is put out by those units maybe that needs an adjustment by that furnace contractor as well i'm not sure uh, but that definitely should not happen. You shouldn't have filters lying on the ground in there on the floor. Um, water heater for property like this, it's not like you need a whole bunch of showers because there aren't any. There's just two bathrooms and a kitchen and, those, that's, and maybe one water fountain. That's the extent of the hot water. Well, no, for the water fountain, silly me, don't need that. Uh, but for the uh, sinks there's only three sinks in the entire place so you don't need that much hot water Um, so the water heater actually was older and and that's one of those where you fall into okay what's your budget item for a 75 gallon uh, water heater isn't necessarily commercial grade but it's a gas water heater Uh, maybe all said and done maybe 1500 bucks is probably a good budget point for that for for the uh, short-term planning because it's already 20 years old plus it could die tomorrow it could die five years from now Um, so you need to budget for that if that isn't being replaced as part of the transaction for the sale of the property so we've covered the furnaces we've covered the electric we've covered pretty much everything other things that we typically look for, again, I talked about the suspended ceiling tiles. It's really important to note if there's any leaks. So we're really looking for moisture stains. And there are really two types of moisture stains. Moisture stains caused by ductwork condensation, which can be common if a place is not used for a while and then it's got like stagnant air inside. And then for the day of the inspection or the few days before, Boom, the thermostats are dropped down to 68 degrees and we're blasting the ACs because we want to show that they work. Well, guess what that does? That creates some uh, air change differences, some differences in temperatures inside, which is going to cause some condensation on the ductwork. It's going to drip down somewhere. Maybe it's happened before and it's showing the same stains. And then you end up with seven places in the report that you observe stains on the Ceiling tiles, and we pushed those up and saw that it is indeed caused by ductwork, not the roof. Or you could have uh, moisture stains that are caused by the roof and not the ductwork. We've seen it both ways. So these are things that we observe. I think some of the other common things that we observe at inspections are the usage of the electric over time. And just the number of mislabelings and, and upgrades and changes that have been made to the electric some of them inspected by the city, some not. So we, we have to put observations about that in the report. Um, this was a pretty straightforward, enjoyable inspection. And uh, we had a good time doing it. And I think the, uh, the buyers got a lot out of the inspection and a lot out of the report. we really did a good job on it and I'm pretty happy with the uh, results of the report and the outcome so I would say for this inspection um, there's a lot of good examples of typical things that you're going to see at a commercial inspection and I hope you've gotten a lot out of this Um, now remember some of the other commercial properties can fall into other various categories Uh, maybe a downtown multi-story older property that has a storefront with some office spaces upstairs up up on the upper floors we've certainly done some of those properties Um, it's been a while since we did a motel but uh, those are always interesting to do as well and of course the uh, high-unit uh, apartment buildings. Those are always interesting, too. Let me just say one word about apartment buildings, and if you are going to end up being a listing agent or buyer's agent or purchaser of a apartment building, there are types of inspections to do for those. One would be a full inspection of all the units. Let's say it's a 20-unit building and you want all the units inspected. Let's say you want eight of the units and it's a three-story and you want at least um, a few on the third floor to make sure that there's no stains on ceilings from roof leaks. That's an obvious thing to look for and then you also want at least a couple from each floor and then if there's a basement unit you definitely want that inspected. So there's ways of looking at apartments as well. Um, If the building is occupied for an apartment building, Uh, patience is the word of the day and that goes for everybody involved in the transaction including the inspection company. It can be rather difficult to set up an inspection for an apartment building and get people to cooperate. Invariably people have changed locks that the property manager knew nothing about. Invariably we have people where we knock on the door maybe they're uh, behind the door stoned or asleep and they're just not answering But there was definitely a notice posted on their door they were told about the inspection yet people still claim that they knew nothing about it most cases that we encounter and i say this with a straight face tenants tend to make it difficult because they assume they're going to be kicked out they assume the rent's going up they assume the new owner is not going to be as nice as the current owner and they always worst case scenario it and they put their worst, uh, worst foot forward. Sometimes it's a dog forward that uh, takes the place of that. Uh, they just make it very difficult for the inspector, and it ends up being a big ordeal. So plan ahead. Definitely patience is of the day, and as well as planning. It's very important to do good planning to make your sale of your apartment building a a smooth sailing transaction so preparation is very important all right so I threw that tidbit in at at the end and I really hope this has been informative to you Uh, so uh, without further ado until our next episode this has been the successful homeownership show as we conclude this commercial property inspection thank you for listening